When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. David Van Camp is off today. Scott Robbins here. Yep, 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 yep. David Van Camp, I think, I don't want to speak for him, but I think there was a lot of confusion. It's Pride Month. It's Juneteenth. How do you celebrate both in the same day? You can take the day off. Well, you have to. That way you can parse it out mm-hmm. 12 hours. Tw- I don't know exactly. I don't know either. I don't know. I just, I was getting all those pictures of the mouth-watering meals he was making on his grill this weekend. I thought maybe he just was feeling nauseated because of all the food he packed down this weekend. We'll find out tomorrow. He'll yeah. be back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess big story today. Big meeting with Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and Chinese President Xi Jinping. He's a hell of a tough guy. Well, let's just go right to the NBC coverage of this so we really have the... <clears throat> Full picture. The world watching a high stakes meeting this morning as the U.S. works to pull relations with China back from the brink. Wow. Secretary of State Antony Blinken face to face with Chinese President Xi Jinping today in Beijing. Anthony, Anthony, whatever. President Biden asked me to travel to Beijing because he believes that the United States and China have an obligation to responsibly manage our relationship. Blinken, who's oh, been holding... so strong, again. Very forceful. From Blinken. Okay, why did it take this long? Did he know the meeting was going to happen? We're trying to figure out exactly what happened. Blinken, who's been holding marathon sessions with mm-hmm. other senior Chinese leaders, is the highest-ranking U.S. official to visit China since President Joe Biden took office yeah. and the first Secretary of State to do so okay. in five years. And? It's uh, the interest of the United States and the interest of China. Frayed relations surround issues from the status of Taiwan to human rights and trade. But officials say the U.S. goal is about signaling to the world that the two superpowers can work together. Okay, hold on a second. (laughs) What's happened over the last several months? It's one thing after another after another. And how is the Chinese communist media treating this? Well, the United States comes over here on bended knee because obviously we're in charge now and they want to make good however they can after we do whatever we want with them. That's basically what's happened. After months of escalating tensions and incidents, including when the U.S. shot down that Chinese spy balloon off the Carolina coast earlier this year. After it flew across the United States and got all the information it needed. I was say, what's the controversy behind that? Yeah, we remember it. Followed by a series of close calls. This month, the U.S. releasing video showing a Chinese warship nearly colliding with an American Uh, destroyer, coming within 150 yards. Yeah. Blinken and President Biden waiting to see if China will agree to lower the temperature. Today. (laughs) 
And, and why would they do that? They just keep bullying. That's exactly what it is. It was interesting. Um, Fox Business host Stuart Varney actually used the word bullying because of the one thing NBC and ABC, a lot of the outlets failed to tell you in this story, was how long they kept him waiting. Blinken went over there. He was kept waiting until the very last uh-huh. minute. He got 45 minutes to go. And finally, Xi Jinping says, OK, we'll have a meeting. That's a form of diplomatic bullying. <laughs> uh, and I'm not sure how America emerges from this. <laughs> <laughs> because it's on the world stage. But we have our media telling, you know, people in the United States a completely different thing. And this is sort of par for the course. It's something, man. And I'll cut to the chase as far as the NBC coverage. You know the one thing that doesn't come up at all with this? I was just going to say that, but I think I know what the answer is. Go ahead. COVID. Yes. I, 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 when he was going through the, the, the litany of things they wanted to talk about or were going to talk about, COVID was nowhere. That was three years ago. It wrecked our economy. It wrecked the world economy. It killed millions of people. It certainly did, and we're not even going to talk about it. Really? And think about what was one of the things that drove you nuts last week, Scott, was the paper out of London. Yes. We need a world tribunal on this. Yeah. It came out of the Wuhan lab, and the Chinese military was involved. Yeah, and this isn't hearsay anymore. (laughs) There's overwhelming evidence that this is where it came from. So the Chinese Wuhan lab, which is responsible for hundreds and thousands of deaths across the world, shutting down the economies of world powers yes not even mentioned no it's not and you know one of the reasons i believe why just i know i'm not the only one (laughs) because we don't even want to bring that up anymore because we funded it i'm just going to say we got what we paid for thank you fauci and i don't know how many people in america will ever really know the truth behind it because media covers for the entire story. That was really perplexing, though. That yeah. really was. That's one of the big stories of the day. It is Juneteenth. It's a national holiday. There is quite a number of pieces written about it. And one of the ones I found interesting was out of the New York Post by Adam Coleman that was titled, Ignore Progressives. Juneteenth is a celebration of freedom for all Americans. And it documents how the left wants to use this holiday to divide people. And continue to blame people today for something they had nothing to do with decades and centuries ago. But that's what the left does. Sure. But it should be this celebration for all Americans. But you really don't get that feeling the way it's portrayed, especially from the left. And the other thing that's sort of troubling is... um, Another piece written about how black Americans don't have to choose between Juneteenth and July 4th because some black Americans are being told, hey, you really don't celebrate the 4th of July anymore. Your focus is on Juneteenth. Can't everybody celebrate them both? Of course you can. Yeah, of course you can. And that's what we should all choose to do, no matter how much progressives drive you crazy with the way they want to position everything and divide people. But American history has been rewritten. And, and it's, what, it's what, trying to what be, used yes. to What used to be prominent and everything we all could agree on, uh, we can't anymore because the wedge has been driven. It's all about race and sex. 
Pretty much. That's it. Really seen it this month, That's too. the divisive thing. Yep. So, okay, so there was some violence at some Juneteenth celebrations over the weekend. Some? Holy smokes. And some Father's Day party sort of gatherings. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how is the left going to portray that? This scourge of gun violence? Gosh. What? I, I know. You know this is coming. I know, I know it is. All right. Let's go to NBC. Gabe, you got this one. This morning, heartbreak across several communities nationwide after a violent holiday weekend. Overnight, four people shot and killed in Idaho as shootings in San Francisco and Chicago left several people injured. Just a few miles away earlier in the weekend in a Chicago suburb, a Juneteenth celebration turned deadly when a fight broke out and bullets started flying. You're all just out and next thing you know, shots just got there going off. One person killed, nearly two dozen others injured. No arrests so far as police investigate a motive for the attack. Motive? These shootings happen, especially in Chicago, all the time. It's usually gang-related. Or it's some somebody gets pissed off because somebody disrespected someone. Yes. So many times. And that's what it's happens. time to get the guns and start shooting. Yeah. Right. And how many times is that from law-abiding citizens that <laughs> have a firearm that was purchased legally? How often? Well, not very when you look at the stats. The report goes on. In St. Louis, another shooting early Sunday morning during a large party at an office building. A 17-year-old is dead and nine other teenagers between the ages of 15 and 19 were injured. It's every parent's worst nightmare, tenfold. Police there have a 17-year-old person of interest in custody. Mm -hmm. Multiple firearms were recovered at the scene, including AR-style rifle pistols as well as a handgun. Okay, and you're talking about teens. Yes. Legally owned? No. What happens if we talk about, you know, really prosecuting, whether you're underage or not? You're in a legal possession of a firearm. Oh, we can't have that. That's just a pipeline to prison. You've got to do something about the criminals, or you're going to have this over and over again. But that's not going to be the push. We all know the story. According to the Gun Violence Archive, which tracks these incidents, there have been 311 mass shootings in the U.S. so far this year. The archive defines a mass shooting as any incident where four or more people are shot. Just devastating weekend, Gabe. Thank you so much. But you don't want to do anything to stop it. Oh, what they want to do won't stop it. There's things they want to do to what they think will stop it, but it won't. You don't think... These type of people aren't going to get firearms? Well, that's the thing, man. I mean, Are you I, joking? Saying this forever. Do you think they bought them at a gun show? Oh, my goodness. I think they went down to the sporting goods spot you know, and got them? if you em? close up the loophole, it won't happen anymore. Yeah, well, of course it will. Of course it would. Actually, it's like legalizing marijuana when they did that, remember? <laughs> I don't want to pay that much for weed. This guy's selling out of a trunk, sells it for half that price. What am I going to do? Oh, my goodness, man. Okay, so Father's Day yesterday. Good Father's Day, Scotty? Yeah, good. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Is, you know what? I noticed in a lot of places where dads were really appreciated. Heard a great message at church about being a dad. I was fortunate enough. My kids, you know, each wrote me a little letter that was really nice, Mm -hmm. really touching. I thought it was interesting. Um, You know, there's different dads being highlighted on TV coverage of sports yesterday, certainly the U.S. Open. And then at a baseball game, if you're just watching any regional game, you'll see dads there with their kids, that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. David's not here 
to remind you, Scott, that Major League Baseball hates you. But No, everybody know, else does. I know so, that, yeah. that you were enjoying baseball yeah. yesterday. I don't know if you happened to see what happened at the Red Sox game where a dad is there with his two sons. I did not. Okay, well, there's a foul ball. Oh, I saw this. Okay, go ahead, yeah. And yeah. a guy's wanting to give it to this little kid, and he does. Yeah. The little kid... Throws it back onto the field. Right. He's there with his dad and older brother. The older brother's out of his mind. What are you doing? He's weeping and sobbing. and yeah. Yes. So it, here was the play-by-play from the announcers as it's going on. I fly down the left field line. That one cruising for the corner. Oh, no. Ooh, no. Did little bro ruin the moment? Threw it back. Little bro threw the ball back. Are you kidding me? Oh, no. Oh. Hey, bro, you remember that Father's Day back in 2023 when you cost me a foul ball? This is a Father's Day. Oh, we got to see Never this. to be forgotten. Yeah, yeah. It was tough. It ended up okay, though. Yeah, they did the right thing. The Red Sox did. Yeah. Brought them a bunch of merch. Yeah, because they had seen it. And yeah. Yes, that was pretty cool. I've got, yeah, I've got a Kenley Jamson signed ball and um, a Kenley Jamson signed jersey. You, you're able to make a, a, a fantastic memory out of this, but I mean, yeah. what's going on with Charlie now? Well, he, he was very excited to get the ball, but so excited that he made a nice throw out to left field. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> and it all got made right. Okay, is it time for Biden and Fetterman to go? Audio, you got it here. Straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. David Van Camp off today, back tomorrow. There's Scott Robbins. David Marks had a great piece. Just said, corrupt news media can't save Biden from Ukrainian bribery scandal. Yeah, I read that headline. I didn't see the rest of the story, but yeah. I'll, well, you already know this, mm-hmm. but I'll repeat what he says. Um, said if it weren't so deeply troubling, the numbers revealed by Media Research Center on the amount of time major network news spent on the alleged Biden bribery scandal would be laughable. Between June 8th and June 12th, the days following the bombshell breaking of the Biden story, as well as the announcement of Donald Trump's second indictment, ABC, CBS, and NBC spent 291 minutes on Trump and not a single second on the Biden corruption saga. We know this. Yeah. It's a pathetic lack of curiosity, but not surprising, as Marx writes. After all, it's the same liberal media that took two years to admit the Hunter Biden laptop was real. There are a lot of people in America that still don't even know that. Um, But there are more revelations, as we know, and there's audio. There'll be more on that a little bit later. And as Marcus writes, the big three networks can ignore this story all they want, but it's now too big, too real, too fleshed out to go away. You know, you do have the New York Post and Fox News, Daily Mail, Daily Wire. As he writes, the galaxy of smaller online right-wing media. This shocking story is making its way into the public consciousness. And that's a good thing. It's amazing that the Biden administration and Biden himself have this kind of cover. But we certainly know it to be true. Sure. Time and time again. Nine members of the Biden family have received payments from foreign interest. Wow. And all of the LLCs. I mean, it's oh, deep it was, if you're not familiar with the story. At least 40 of them. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really interesting to see where it goes this mm-hmm. week because more is coming out all the time. Looking well, you got to meet payroll somehow. He <laughs> whiz, man. Um, Karen Townsend at uh, Hot Air had a piece titled, Why Doesn't Anyone Step In to Tell Biden and John Fetterman It's Time to Retire? John Fetterman, senator from Pennsylvania, had the stroke 
and everyone knew he wasn't right on the campaign trail. I think a lot of us, not knowing exactly how recovery would go, would think, okay, by June of 2023, even if I don't like his politics, certainly he will have improved, right? Nope. Or is this just where he's at forever? Mm-hmm. And Van Camp had this clip that was coming in late on Friday, and we played it. Uh, no, I, I, I uh, would, would, would just um, really like to, you know, the 95... 95, 95. He's trying to ask a question about the interstate there. Mm-hmm. He can't get the question out. Obviously, that you know, you're pretty much preoccupied with the with 95, and I, I certainly am too. And we know it's a major uh, eatery, not, not just for for Pennsylvania, but for the east, the east coast. I know this makes you uncomfortable, Scott. It does Ooh. most people. Yes. And a lot of Pennsylvanians are worried that the delays and repairs bring to its standstill deal. Okay. Over the weekend, Biden comes to visit. Okay, we'll campaign stop. Fetterman's trying to intro Biden. Have you heard this? Nope. Okay, roll it. And now I'm standing next to the president again, next to a, a collapsed bridge here. And he is here to commit to work with the, the governor and the, the, the delegation to make sure that we get this fixed quick. Oh boy fast as well too this is a president that is committed to infrastructure yeah and then on top of are you feeling bad right now yes. are you are you disgusted no I, are you mad yes yes and yes all the yes above. and yes yeah it's weird isn't it i think i can feel both and i do yes yeah i, I got you man yeah and then on top of that uh, the the jewel uh kind of a uh, l- uh law of the inflation uh bill that is going to make sure that there's going to be bridges all across like this, all across the America getting rebuilt. Dude. And then he was trying to intro the rep there, Brendan Boyle. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get that out. Pleasure to be here and to introduce my, my friend, Congressman Boyle Bile. People don't know what to do. No, you don't know what to do. Exactly. I want... Well, thank you. Uh, I'm uh, Congressman Brendan Boyle. He had to do that so people knew who he was. You know, and as far as Biden goes, you know, earlier we were talking about, you know, NBC and the gun violence. Did mm-hmm. you hear Biden talking guns and making no sense? No. Over the week? Made it harder for people to buy stabilized brace- braces. Put a pistol on a brace, it turns into a gun. Makes it more, you can have a higher caliber weapon, a higher caliber what? bullet coming out of that gun. Dude, these are our leaders. I know. Something's <laughs> unreal. Wow. Oh, did you hear uh, the big news about Tucker Carlson over the weekend? I did. Get to that much more coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. The millennial David Van Camp off today. There's the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, a lot going on. Juneteenth celebration across America. Mm -hmm. A lot of places. Does it seem like it's overshadowed this year by the pride stuff? Or is that just me? I think everything's overshadowed by the pride stuff. Seemed like it heard I mean, more about I, you Juneteenth a year ago. And again, whatever, man. It, it's a whole month, but you know, I jokingly refer to it, I think, a week when I came in here and you said something about Pride Month. I'm like, really? I haven't heard a word about it. Usually you'll say something about it every day. Did you know it's Pride Month? <laughs> Pride Month, yeah, because it's everywhere. Yes. Everywhere. So, yeah, it's... Uh, yes, I do. Yes, because you only get a day. You know, we'll get into this more a little bit later. It's starting to backfire. Well, because there's two different things. 
it's shoved so far down people's throats they just had it. Because forever a lot of people have been like, hey, live however you want. It's cool. But the trans activism has taken it to another level. And that's when people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. No, this whole thing about biological males and girls sports, no, we're not having that. No, we're not having kids getting butchered. Okay, we're not going to have all of this basically um, porn in books in schools to try to, quote, educate or groom kids. We're not doing it. And that's where people are starting to be like, all right, enough's enough. I've had it. We'll get to that a little bit later. Tucker Carlson, ever since he got let go at Fox News, where they canceled his show, basically, because he's still getting paid mm-hmm. there. And they've sent a cease and desist, Fox has, to Tucker. you got to stop this Twitter thing. You've had four <laughs> episodes. you got to stop it. He's not stopping. No, he's not going to. Um, news over the weekend um, that there are a lot of Fox staffers that are leaving Fox to go and join Tucker. Mm-hmm. Where did you see this story? I'm trying to. I saw it online somewhere. Uh, one of either Red State Hot Air, one of the sites. Yeah, is where I saw it. Yeah, and it talks about the story. Yeah, the network's ratings have fallen off a cliff all oh my over gosh. the place. Yeah, it's been really something to see. And Tucker's new Twitter show is receiving massive numbers, no doubt. Um, and it says in the story last week, a loyal ten-year vet of the channel was forced to resign after he approved an on-air cryon saying. Wannabe dictator speaks at White House after having his political rival arrested. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> that was the day of the Trump indictment. Yeah. Trump is talking to supporters. It's a split screen. Actually, in the last episode of Tucker's Twitter show, um, he actually called out Fox on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard this or not. Pretty interesting. Just before 9 p.m. that night, as part of its coverage, Fox News ran two live video feeds next to one another. On the right, Donald Trump addressed his supporters in New Jersey. On the left, Joe Biden spoke at an event for the Secretary General of NATO in Washington. Beneath those videos at the bottom of the screen, Fox's banner read this way, quote, wannabe dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. Those words are up for less than 30 seconds, but the effect was immediate. Inside Fox, the women who run the network panicked. Did you catch that? The women Who that run, run the, the network, network panicked. Tucker doesn't just choose that by yeah. chance. There's a reason, yeah. for sure. Um, were you surprised that he actually talked about Fox the way he did on the Twitter show? Because especially with a lot of legalese involved. You know, I've heard the phrase, only burn bridges, you'll know you'll never cross again. Yeah. And I suppose he is so what? I think he's I'm going to so go ahead confident. and torch him anyway. Yeah, he, he's got great lawyers. He well, knows exactly what he's doing. There is a level of confidence there. Yes. Yes. And I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. And he goes on. Inside Fox, the women who run the network panicked. <laughs> First, they scolded the producer who put the banner on the screen. Less than 24 hours after that, he resigned. He'd been at Fox for more than a decade. He was considered one of the most capable people in the building. He offered to stay for the customary two weeks. But Fox told him to clear out his desk and leave immediately. Then the company issued a public apology for the 27-second-long wannabe dictator line. Quote, the Chiron was taken down immediately, Fox's PR department said, and then added ominously it was, quote, addressed. Okay, so that should have been enough, right? Mm -hmm. No, wait, there's more. That was all true. 
But it was not enough to save Fox News from the ensuing scandal. For a time in the rest of the media, Fox's assessment of Donald Trump's arrest seemed to overshadow Trump's arrest itself. Suggesting that Biden is a dictator, declared the Washington Post, quote, crossed the line. Alexander Vindman agreed strongly. Okay, and he goes Alexander on from there. Vindman. I know. He goes on. And then it, basically throughout that episode, Tucker lays out how Biden is basically a dictator right now. Oh, he went, he went point by point. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. If you haven't seen it, I yeah. highly recommend it. So in this story, it quotes biographer Chadwick Moore, who is writing a book about Tucker. Tucker. Said, you know, he thinks things are going to get worse for Fox. He just got beat by MSNBC. That's Jeez, bad, man. That's embarrassing. Um, the guy that just got fired, as far as Chadwick Moore is concerned, he thinks will be one of the ones that are going to join Tucker's team. He says, uh... There's like nine different people have left Fox to join Tucker so far. Holy smokes, man. And again, Tucker knows what he's doing. He's got great lawyers. A lot of times you leave somewhere, you can't recruit people to come with you. But from this story, he's not recruiting. There are people calling Tucker saying, hey, if I bail, you got a place for me because I want to come work with you. That tells you something, man. Wow. This is going to be fascinating to watch and to see what happens with well, Fox. Well, you know, the old saying is there's nobody bigger than the team, right? No one guy is bigger than the team. This guy was bigger than the team. Absolutely. The team was dependent upon that guy. But they didn't know it because and, in the past there was not one person that was bigger than boy, that Well, you talk about a miscalculation on a grand scale. Absolutely. That's why I want to know what really happened. What do you think really happened? Either it was tied to the Dominion thing. Maybe somehow the lawsuit or it was just a petulant ego battle between, you know, Murdoch and 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 Tucker. I don't know, but it seems like there's got to be more to it than just a kerfuffle over content. I don't know, man. We'll find out in the end. I tend to think it has something to do with Dominion, like you said. I also think it had to do something with pharmaceutical companies because Tucker would go after him and there's a lot of money there. And also the Ukraine war. Yeah, I suppose that's a toxic cocktail, isn't it, huh? It is. Yeah. And when you have BlackRock involved in Vanguard and you're talking massive money, they have a lot of influence beyond just ratings. But I don't think the Fox execs knew that the entire network would go down like it has. But you have wrecked an entire brand. Yes. I mean, you might as well have put Dylan Mulvaney in Tucker's slot. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take a while to build back trust if yeah. they can do it. So mm -hmm. we'll wait and see. All right. It's that time of the show. Uh, may not be the biggest story out there, but it catches your attention. Wanted to bring it up. Today, Scott, what is your story? Uh, I want to go with Chicago. Okay. Brandon. What's that guy's name? Uh, the, the new mayor. Oh, um. Gosh, I'm losing his name now. Oh, Brandon Johnson. Yeah. Why did I forget that? Brandon Johnson. Mm-hmm. The murder rate in Chicago, violent crime, Murder City, USA, is up 38% in the first 30 days in office of their new mayor. Wow. Now, why do you suppose that's happening? You knew it was going to happen. Uh, always the Memorial Day weekend, of course. His honor elected to spend precious city money on something called violence prevention programs. Instead of paying cops overtime to keep a lid on the violence, which was an alternative 
I'm not paying cops overtime. Instead, I'm going to put these people on the street to prevent violence. Okay. The result of these actions, the Memorial Day weekend was the most violent Chicago has seen in a decade. Since then, he's doubled down. His exactly results you'd expect to show for it so far. It's so bad now that even the mainstream media, we noticed that this morning, is actually reporting on some of the violence taking place now in Chicago. Yes. I don't understand any of this. I don't know how you can be a mayor in Chicago, no matter how far progressive you are, mm-hmm. and just say the problem is, is too much policing. How is that possible? How can you in your lame brain even come to that conclusion? I don't think that they're trying to make it make sense. It's like it's we can belief. reason with these people. Like if we just find reasonable ground. If I can oh. pull a guy that's going through the trunk of his car to pull an AK out, if I can just go, hey, hey, just a second now. Before you do that, can we talk? They don't care about that. It's the modern-day Marxist with it's, their beliefs saying, you know, it really hasn't been tried our way before. If we do it our way, it's going to be different. Okay, and we really don't need the police. We just need to do it our way. We're going to bring these peacekeepers out on the street, and that's going to do it. Of course, we, anybody with a thinking brain knows that's not going to work. How many more receipts do you need? How many more times does this have to fail in city after city after city? I guess if you're the new mayor, you say, hey, we've been at it a month or so, huh? you got to give it time. Okay. 30% increase in 30 days. Yes. I know. Nothing to see here. It's only going to get worse. Uh, For my story today, uh, oh, man, there's always being research done, okay, about different effects things can have on the human body, the human brain. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I happen to see this, um, and it was actually a story about a book called The Sleep Prescription. Yeah, The Sleep Prescription. Um, It's from a neuroscientist at the University of California, San Francisco. And one of the things they're talking about in sleep is sometimes people are dragging in the afternoon. So they'll get a cup of coffee, energy drink, a little caffeine, get you, you know, pumped through the rest of the day. But then Mm -hmm. they have trouble sleeping at night. Yeah. And so this person says, you know what would be better for you when you need that little kick? Uh, Stick your head in a freezer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Says it offers a more immediate boost of energy and it won't mess with your bedtime. The reason it works is obvious, but the scientific reason is the brief shock of cold activates your arousal system. I've messed around a little bit with the ice bath thing yeah, or an ice plunge. Yeah. Your body's aching, whatever. Seen a lot of people say, honestly, it helps, but you got to go. And some people will say three minutes is enough. Others are five. My daughter will say it's got to be eight. And maybe she's just messing with me to see me tortured for eight minutes (laughs) instead of the regular five. There, I do think there's something to that. So as far as the stick your head in the freezer. How long is, do you put it in there? Does it say like 30 seconds, a minute? What is it? The way I understand. Um, I'm willing to try anything. A minute or so? A couple okay. minutes? All right. The brief shock of cold activates your arousal system. That's the scientific reason. Don't look at me like that. Not no. that arousal system. It's like talking about your brain function, dude. Oh, yes. You don't have to worry about anything else. Yeah, it doesn't translate south, does it? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. See? Right. No, it doesn't. So if I'd, I'd go two or three minutes. So that was... <laughs> That's why we can't have nice things. <laughs> no. Reminding all the time. <laughs> They've added another. Is it a letter to the Alphabet Mafia? you got to hear yeah. this. Straight ahead right here.
All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp out today, back tomorrow. Scott Robbins here. Maybe you saw this story. Um, Joe Rogan has challenged vaccine researcher Peter Hotez to debate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. What a jack wagon this guy is. Hotez? Yes. Or what? How do you pronounce That's how you pronounce his name? I think so. I think. I don't know. Ah, it's Hotez. I don't know. Hotez, whatever. He's the guy who wears a lab coat on TV? Yes. Like an idiot? Just to let you know he's a doctor? That guy. With a stethoscope around his neck? What yes. a wiener. <laughs> yeah. It's like interviewing a ball player at a banquet who's got his uniform on. Well, you've got Robert F. Kennedy Jr. running yeah. for president as a Democrat. And 80% of Democratic voters want to see a debate between him and Biden. Yeah, very outspoken, though, guy. I mean, you know. Well, he is labeled an anti-vax kook. Therefore, a, a loon. Yes, exactly. media. Yeah. And so Hotez said some things about him. And so Joe Rogan entered the fray. Hotez has been on his show before and said, hey, I'll give $100,000, charity of your choice. Just come on and debate RFK Jr. No time limit. RFK Jr. immediately agreed. Yeah. Guess who didn't? Hotez responded that Rogan had his contact information, but still ducked answering the challenge. Rogan explained he challenged him because he quoted this article that Hotez did. And Rogan put out there, this is a non-answer. I challenge you publicly because you publicly quote tweeted and agreed with that dog bleep vice article. If you're really serious about what you stand for, you now have a massive opportunity for a debate that will reach the largest audience a discussion could reach. We'll see if he actually does it. Now, if you're like, who is this guy? I'll give you just a couple of clips of what this guy has said in the past during COVID. Okay? Yeah. Roll this one. This is a beaut. He's talking about anti-science killers. Anti-science aggression is now probably one of the leading killers of young adults in the United States. I'll say that again. Anti-science aggression disinformation is now one of the leading killers of Americans. Young Americans or Americans, whatever. It's really interesting because early on, talking about a vaccine, this was May of 2020. Mr. Hotez, you're you're working on a vaccine. What do you think about the possibility of this? Hmm. But overwhelmingly, it's to be able to test that the vaccine is both safe and effective. And as far as I understand, phase three clinical trials on the first vaccine, the Moderna one, won't even begin till the end of the summer. Others will follow. It will take at least a year, maybe longer, to get uh, a sufficient amount of uh, efficacy data. Hmm. That is data show that it actually works. And safety data to know that it's safe. I don't see a path by which any vaccine is licensed, uh, whether it's emergency use or otherwise, until the third quarter of 2021. Oh, are you saying they rushed it? Maybe. Is that what you're saying now? No, not now. Don't want to debate? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I mentioned, uh, I'll just tell you what the story is. The dollar sign has officially been added to the LGBTQ. Now dollar signs in there. The acronym. Are you serious? No, that's a Babylon B story. (laughs) But it's hilarious. Yeah, it's on point. (laughs) In honor of the hundreds of billions of dollars being funneled to support the LGBTQ cause, the dollar sign has officially been added to the newest member of the acronym. (laughs) The Babylon Bee is still consistently hilarious.
fantastic. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. David Van Camp out today, back tomorrow. Scott Robbins here. It's one of the big stories of the day. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping. Yeah. Trying to cool the tension, as they say. Yeah. I wasn't expecting a lot, and I was not disappointed. <laughs> you just lowered the expectation. Yeah. Good idea. That's all you got to do here. Uh what did Blinken have to say? Here's just a little part. President Biden asked me to travel to Asia because he believes that the United States and China have an obligation to responsibly manage our relationship. Yeah, responsibly do that. Of course. Well, they just keep spitting in your face. Can we responsibly do this together, please? It's, uh, in the interest of the United States, in the interest of China, and in the interest of the world. You know, it was interesting. They actually had it on CBS. Um, H.R. McMaster, former national security advisor, talking about how this just projects weakness on our side, especially when you got Blinken over there. He's waiting. Am I going to get to see Xi Jinping? Mm-hmm. Nah, we'll see. I don't know. Then at the very last minute, yeah, he'll see you. All right. I'm going to talk about anything too important, but yeah, he'll see you. Yeah, I kept him in the green room. They had lots of M&Ms and peanuts there for him. (laughs) Some bottled water while he was waiting. And this is what H.R. McMaster had to say. China's sending a message. Hey, we're in charge now. You're finished to the to the West and to the United States. And and I think it's indicative of what they hope to achieve, Margaret, which is to create kind of an exclusionary area of primacy across the Indo-Pacific region. They've laid claim to the ocean in the South China Sea, for example. So I think this really calls for us to have a strong response. I think, you know, with, the, with uh, Secretary Blinken's visit there, it, it may portray a bit of weakness. I think what they hope with the optics of this meeting, and I, I'm sure Secretary Blinken is quite aware of this, is to create a perception that we're going there to pay homage to the Chinese Communist Party. Because, you know, and that's what's so infuriating. It's easy to see, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They want to use that kind of perception mm-hmm. of China's strength relative to the United States to bludgeon countries in the region and say, hey, time to bandwagon with us. This is our era, what they call the, the new era of international relations. Yeah. New sheriff in town. China. I, I mean... You've seen our leadership over the last two and a half years. Yeah. With Blinken. And then, I mean, Lloyd Austin, Ned Price. Yeah. Goes on. Kelly, all of them. Projecting strength? Please. It's embarrassing. We're keeping an eye on that story today. Um, Thought it was interesting that Tim Scott, he was on Fox yesterday. Um, Of course, black senator running for president. Barack Obama's been critical. Oh, he went after him. Yeah. And he was asked about it. First, they played for Tim Scott uh, what Obama had said. And with, you know, Juneteenth celebrations going on around America, talking about the future for black Americans, what is it going to look like? What should it look like? thought it was interesting that they posed this to Tim Scott playing this piece from Obama. I think there is a long history of 
African-American or other minority candidates within the Republican Party who will validate America and say everything's great and we can all make it. Let's say no, you're not looking at all of the racism. And it's interesting because I have another clip of Obama to play for in a second. But first, let's get to what Tim Scott had to say in response to that. Absolutely not. There's no higher compliment to be attacked by President Obama. When they, whenever the Democrats feel threatened, they, they pull out, drag out the former president and have him make some negative comments about someone running, hoping that their numbers go down. Here is what people need to know. The truth of my life disproves the lies of the radical left. You talk about addressing the issue of poverty. My opportunity zones have seen more than $50 billion go into the poorest, hardest hit communities in this country. The majority of them are minority. Think about the HBCU funding that in his administration, he totally missed it. We took the funding for HBCUs to the highest level in the history of the country. And then Shannon, we made it permanent. And the radical left and the teachers unions refused to allow quality education in big blue cities. I support school choice mm -hmm. because I support common sense. The radical left and President Obama, they have failed, they have failed, and they have failed. Well, it's teachers unions need the money. So I hear that and what Obama is saying now. And it seems like it's a lot of race-baiting stuff, well, which is really different from what Obama was saying when he was running for president. And I remember grabbing this clip. This was a while back, and I hadn't heard it in a while. Um, but I think it's worth checking out again, to be honest. See if this sounds like the Barack Obama of today. This is going back a few years now. And I know you can meet the challenge. Many of you already are. If you make the effort. It may be hard, but you will have to reject the cynicism that says the circumstances of your birth or society's lingering injustices necessarily define you and your future. Holy smoke! It will take courage, but you will have to tune out the naysayers who say the deck is stacked against you. You might as well just give up or settle into the stereotype. What's your reaction to that, Scotty? Well, I think, I mean, I'll draw some sort of weird parallel here, I'm sure. Okay. But when you're in a courting phase of a relationship. Yes. Right? Before you take the next step and the next commitment, you try your best to make sure this person is who you think they are. Yeah. And when you make that commitment and when it's done, mm -hmm. then they become a 180. They become a vicious, mean, or oppressive right. person that you didn't see coming at all. Yes. You never saw any it's, of this. It's happened to people. This guy was the you know speckled pup under the red wagon while he was running. So you Say, think... Saying all retrospect. the right things, yes. knowing, knowing full well that he was the first African-American to achieve this position of running for president. Yes. Besides Jesse Jackson. Uh, but, but he won. But what I'm saying... Yeah, and in order to win, I have to have this strategy. Now, whether I believe it or not, it's another thing. But I present myself this way to America. Yes. And I'll slowly work my way towards who I really am. Okay. Which he did. Yes. This is the this is the type of this is relationship courtship versus relationship for real. Okay. In my but opinion. But of course, legacy media is never going to pull out these old. No, clubs. they're not. And th I'm telling you, man, this guy when he you know how magic he was. Oh, I, I mean, I say that without a, a hint of skepticism at all. Well, hearing that at the time, it yeah. made sense you to just, you. You shake your head You're and like, go, yeah. yeah, I've been waiting for someone to say this, right? Yes. He said it. Absolutely. And he knew 
that in order to, he didn't need to necessarily court a large African-American vote. That was going to come. But he had to make sure that this was over here with Molly Coddled. It was all political. What's so frustrating, and you know media yeah. won't do this to anybody on the left, is to say, okay, we elected you. You were supposed to make all these changes yeah. and make life better, especially for black Americans. You didn't do anything. Right. It went backwards. Absolutely went backwards. And became the most, in my opinion, the most divisive figure in politics. There's more. It's but- not going to happen overnight, but you're going to have to set goals. And you're going to have to work for those goals. Nothing will be given to you. The world is tough out there. Oh, I know. There's a lot of competition for jobs and college positions. And um, yeah, everybody has to work hard. They do. Yeah. There's quotas now, see. If we help these wonderful young men become better husbands and fathers and well-educated, hardworking, good citizens... Dude, I it's know, like man. he's running for the They're Republican not only will nomination. They I know. to the growth and prosperity of this country, but they will pass on those lessons onto their children. Wow, onto their grandchildren. Man. We'll start a different cycle. So, if you're on the left to vote for this, this guy, country will be richer and stronger for it for generations to come. Be flat well, thanks for archi- archiving that because that's a great reminder of who this guy presented himself to be. Oh yeah, holy cow! What a chameleon, man. Uh, if you want a little later in the show, I can get uh, another piece where he talks about the key to success is family and fathers. And, okay, I just want to say for the joking. record, if he was running today and said that. Oh, dude. Couldn't do it. No, you couldn't do it. You couldn't say it. You can't say it out loud. No. But there are a lot of people, and I believe this, that still vote Democrat that believe those things. The things he just said? Yes. Well, they don't vote that way anymore. No, they don't. But there are a lot of people, and that could be old union Democrats. There are plenty of people who say, yeah, you got to earn your you got to work hard. Yeah. But now the far left has taken that party. I mean, we all know that. Man. It's wild to hear that, wow, though, is it? Is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, it's really something. Okay. Um, man, something else we're going to have to get to. I'm thinking about the cost of college and how much it is, and some of the kooks that are, you know, teaching kids in college. Did you hear about this dude from Penn State, what he's accused of, an action with his dog? Have you? Oh, buddy. Oh, man. Uh, Actions with his dog. I don't know how else to say it, really. Yes, an act with his dog. It's not a jumping through hoop act. No, 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 it's, it's far worse than that. And the latest Disney movie trying to go woke. What a bomb this thing was. We'll get to it all coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David Van Camp is out today. He'll be back tomorrow. Okay. You've heard, you know, go woke, go broke. Disney doesn't seem to be getting the freaking memo on this. Did you see what happened to the new Disney movie, the Pixar movie, Elemental? I did not. It came out over the weekend? Yeah, it was everywhere. Uh, it could be Pixar's worst earning opening ever. There's been 27 oh, of them. And this could be the absolute worst. That, I mean, that's saying something. I didn't see a ton of promotion on it. I saw, maybe I wasn't watching the right channels. I don't know. I saw ads in different places. Um, 
the new animated movie tackles racism and xenophobia. I don't know That's if you what the that. movie's about? Well, well, and it, it was miserable the, at the box office, really. The plot of the movie is about, a humani- about humanized elements like fire, water, earth, and air living in Element City. But then there's a romance spark between a fire element named Ember Lumen and a water element named Wade Ripple. <laughs> However, the elements are opposites, and a relationship between the two could prove dangerous. Um... The Hollywood Reporter said of Elemental, it's a high-concept pitch that could be rendered via dazzling state-of-the-art computer animation. A serious overarching theme about ethnic strife and racial tolerance. Humor for both kids and adults, although this one is more geared toward the 10 and under set. A plot that hits all the right beats at exactly the right time. Okay? But here's one of the things, as far as behind the scenes of this movie, I guess. The director, Peter Sohn, admitted that the movie had a bleaker tone. said, I lost both my parents during the making of this movie, and I was angry at the world, and that was starting to show. Okay, so apparently the Pixar chief creative officer, Pete Docter, had to confront Sohn over the discouraging and grim tone of the children's movie. Sohn said the xenophobia aspect had become a loud piece of the movie, but in honoring my parents, it felt like the wrong thing. The intent was to make something hopeful that focuses on something anyone can connect to, which is gratitude toward those people who sacrifice for you. Okay? It's a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many messages you're trying to jam in there. But the other part that I know you know, some people were excited about, like LGBTQ advocate website Pink News said the one character, Hauser, uh... Wade's younger sibling, although they're not a major protagonist in the story, their presence is a major win for non-binary representation. It's the first non-binary character in a Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. That uh, went over well, huh? Uh, no. Yeah. It uh, it debuted at $29.5 million, just higher than the $29.1 million Toy Story, the first ever Pixar movie. That opened in ninety five. That's not adjusted for inflation. Right. So more than likely, this will go down as the worst ever. Just keep making them. Just keep doing it. I don't know how many times that lesson has to be learned. But then you think, okay, is, but then you hear the stories of, well, different CEOs are paid on their ESG score, not exactly how the business is doing. So it's very confusing. Anyway, um, boy, I don't know how to get into the story other than just do it. And thanks to David Van Camp, he saw this story and sent it along. Crazy. Um, There's a professor at Penn State who's been accused of doing things with his dog. And this is so strange, man. Um, According to court records, Themis Mastukas, who is 64, is facing charges of open lewdness, indecent exposure, sexual intercourse with an animal. No, 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 no. (laughs) No. Animal cruelty and disorderly conduct. It's a strange one, man. Because you think it just starts strange there? According to a criminal complaint, park rangers observed a video that appeared to involve this professor. They weren't able to identify him at the time, but it was recorded outside one of the park's restrooms. It's sort of crazy. Um, The photos 
from these cameras depicted this dude, later identified as the professor, who was seen naked from the waist down except for his socks and shoes, doing that to his dog. Okay? Okay. All right. Yes, it's sick. This... People are paying high dollar for this guy to teach people. Okay? Holy rip! Yeah, I know. Yeah. Scooby-Doo commentary. And no longer walk amongst <laughs> us. I'm sorry, sir, but that's a death penalty. That's we're, You're done. You can't, how am I going to rehab that? Where do you start with that? <laughs> Park rangers are re- allegedly spotted this professor on a trail camera. The parking lot, the guy gets out of a green Subaru Outback and then is doing these things with his dog. It's just insanity, man. Yeah, yeah. sorry. I mean, that you, you need some sort of serious help for that. There is no help for that. There's no turning back. Okay. You, you must, you, we must extract them from the population. They have to go. Go. That's all you can do is what you're saying. There's no, I don't, what are you going to do? How do you start that conversation? So basically what you're saying is, Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, the dog brought it on? <laughs> I, what do you, I don't know. <laughs> this is the Mark Levain Camp and Robin Show. Okay, I'll ask you, Scott. Yeah. Uh, biggest story of the day. I usually ask David, but he's not uh, here. It's probably, I don't know. I mean, it's probably Blinken in China. Yeah. Antony. I would say so. Secretary of State meet with China, trying to cool the tensions. But... You know, we look like, well, female dogs in this thing. And they made him wait like 40 minutes or something like that before anybody even showed up. Well, yeah, until the last minute when he was going to leave. And then it's like, all right, he'll meet with you. There's no delegation greeting him. He just gets off the plane. It's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. They made him wear a name tag that says my name is Anthony on it. (laughs) (laughs) I would probably ask you, too, uh, what's the sickest story of the day? But I think we know. Well, we know what that is. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Hey, good news. Most Americans are on to the BLM con now. We will get to that and much more. Coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp. He's out today, back tomorrow. There's Scott Robbins. It's kind of interesting. Um, you know, it's Pride Month. Don't know if you knew that or not. What? Yeah. When? Uh, June. This month? Yeah. Big month oh, you talking about Silent. I've seen nothing. <laughs> Bring this up every day. Yes, you see a whole lot about it. You know, there yeah. was a lot of news last week, the Dodgers and all of that controversy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting going back in the Wayback Machine, and some people did it over the weekend, to go back to President Joe Biden in 2008, what he had to say at the time, running for vice president. With Barack, with Barack Obama running for president. Yeah. What did he have to say at that time? No, Barack Obama nor I support redefining from a, from a civil side what constitutes marriage. We do not support that. That is basically a decision to be able to be left to the face and people who practice their face, the determination, what you call it. The bottom line, though, is, and I'm glad to hear the governor, I take her at her word, obviously, that she thinks there should be no civil rights distinction, none whatsoever, between a committed gay couple and a committed heterosexual couple. If that's the case, we really don't have a difference. Why are you shaking your head? Because, I mean, you played an Obama clip 
10 minutes ago yes of something that doesn't sound at all like obama mm-hmm. now you play biden from 2008 which he almost sounds clear of head doesn't sound muddled like he does now talking on the same subject that he talks about transgender surgery about now same for guy. kids yeah for children that it's hateful right if we don't all agree to- on that then it's hateful yes this guy who in 2008 said well you know it's a man and a woman right it's unbelievable Yes, it is. But I think it's a good reminder. What do you freaking stand for? Well, I mean, what do you? What are your convictions? Evolve. What are your principles? What are they? Money. You're going to say evolving Power. and blah blah and all this nonsense. Greed. Gee whiz. I wonder if it sounds any different now. Welcome to. <laughs> of course it yeah, does. Yeah, of course it does. With Biden. I mean, you're welcome. Yes. There's like two clips playing out there at once. But we've heard exactly what he has said. Yeah, we have many, many times. Yeah, he's all about it. As far as right now. Yeah. That it's hateful and anti-LGBTQ to say, hey, no puberty blockers for the kids. Yeah, leave the kids alone. That's all anybody's ever said. Leave the kids alone. Look at the analytics. Yeah. If a kid has gender dysphoria at age 12, more than likely, by a large percentage, they'll have, quote, grown out of it. By the time they're 18, over 80%, then why would you say, no, we've got to get the puberty blockers now and change their life forever, let alone (sighs) the other surgeries, the genital mutilations, which is probably the best way to phrase it of all the ways. Wow, man. It is really something to hear how different was at that time. Yes. Um, Something we'll get to a little bit later, too. Uh, remember when Biden actually had a monkeypox czar last year? I thought we still had one. Maybe he is still. It's just that monkeypox isn't a biggest story. Right. But he was on MSNBC over the weekend. The monkeypox czar? Yes. Well, he's still making the rounds then. Okay. I didn't know monkeypox was still a thing. Well, part of his message is, listen, you can't just judge people because they would say, well, in Van Camp's words, they want to jump in the pile. Yeah. Multiple people, that's just a good time for some people. Who are you judging? Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> he made that argument? Yes. Okay. I, I, honestly, I couldn't believe it. This is the monkeypox czar. Yeah, we'll get to that a little bit later. Unbelievable. Yes. Something I didn't know until I was going through some stuff preparing for the show, and David Strom had a bit at hot air, that CNN had a piece making the argument for Father's Day that black dads are better. Did you see this? Black dads are better than white dads, or is it just Asian more, dads more involved? Hispanic dads, or is is was that the point? Yes, as Strom wrote, he said, "I did a double take when I saw this article on CNN. The central premise of the piece is that African American dads are more involved in, and generally better fathers than their white counterparts, and it was backed up by some interesting stats." Well, I'm all ears. I'm like. Okay, you've piqued my interest. Yeah. What, what does it say? And it mentions that the author of the article is a CNN science reporter. Um, where that would have been like, oh, okay, well, there's a level of credibility there, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think we think that so much anymore. Um, but anyway, the premise that black dads are more engaged, it, it's a head-scratcher because if you know the statistics of fatherless homes, it's like, wow, that doesn't seem to match. Um, but as it goes on in the story, 
He says, you know, 70% of black fathers who live with their children are more, most likely to have bathed, dressed, changed, or helped their child with the toilet every day compared with their white, which was at 60%, or Hispanic at 45% counterparts. That's according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's 2013 National Health Statistics report. So those black fathers were also most likely to have eaten a meal with their children, the data showed. But you probably already noticed what they did there. Mm -hmm. It was black fathers that lived with their children. That's hardly the same thing as black fathers in general. As Strom writes, in fact, black fathers who live with their children is a pretty small group, all things considered, and in all likelihood characterized by being middle class and wealthier fathers and not representative of the entire class of black fathers. A fair comparison in this context would not be by race, but by class. So then he says, well, how big is that difference? Well, it's huge. Among Asians, 84% of kids live with their fathers. Among whites, 74% do. Among blacks, only 36% of children live with their fathers in that household. I'm not bringing this up to criticize anybody. Mm -hmm. It's to question, why does CNN just want to divide everywhere? They do it all the time. And you would have thought under the Chris Licht regime that perhaps things would have changed. I mean, you know, but they're not. They just keep doing this over and over again. I don't know. I don't. What was the what was the reasoning behind any of this? I don't I know. Mean, what, what are you doing? I, I don't understand it. And, and Strom points out the statistic tells you why the general image of black fathers is that they are in general less involved in their kids lives. It's pretty hard to say black fathers are more involved in their kids' lives when you exclude the 64% who aren't involved much or at all. Yeah. And again, boy, you can't bring that up modern day when you're just talking about kids having a chance to make it in this world. Even though you know when you look at the stats, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was really something when I read that. He says that, you know, basically you're looking at propaganda here from CNN when it comes down to it. And that's exactly what it is. I mean, you know, can someone say, hey, you know what? Black dads that are involved, man, they do a great job. It's really, you know, they're really involved. And you see this absolutely highlighted. That's fine. But to make the point that one's better than another. Yeah, see. It just feels like people are so tired of the divisiveness everywhere. Except for well, the like people said, that profit off of it. it. It appears the only two things that matter right now are race and sex. Yes, very much so. You know, your race and who you're sleeping with. Speaking of, well, I, they weren't sleeping together. And this has nothing to do with really race. Eh, romance, not exactly sex. This is a crazy story, totally switching gears. Did you see the piece about the newly divorced mom that was scammed? Of her entire one hundred thousand dollar four hundred one k savings. Oh no! Is this another one of these? It, have you heard of the tender pig butchering scheme? <clears throat> I have not. No. This is pretty wild, man. All right, see how this goes. As a vegan, I'm very offended. Pig butchering is not, I don't think, what you think it might be. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, and I this was from the New York Post. This recently divorced woman, again, loses her entire four hundred one k savings to a scammer. Um, who convinced her to invest in cryptocurrency. And this is just the latest. There have been many people scammed out of this. This was Rebecca Holloway. She's 42, mom of three, 
Okay, so if you're trying to picture her, you can paint the picture, Scott. Okay. Um, An attractive lady. Yeah. Um, larger, but an attractive I, lady, yeah. Lo- I'm not getting larger out of that. Uh, um, Normal size? Yeah, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe wow. It's, maybe it's the picture. <laughs> okay. And I'm a distance away. I'm not calling her names or anything. I'm just saying she looks like a larger woman, but that's okay. Okay. I'll show you a picture of another woman who also got scammed. This one got scammed for $450,000. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. 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 I'm not, I don't know what you're trying to say. Did you just look like a, a fairly attractive oh, woman? That's I mean, fine. She's a fairly looking, attractive, normal-looking woman. Then. Not I don't meeting wanna, Robin's I, I, high standards, well, I no, see. I, I don't want to argue with you about okay. it. I'm just saying. Got it. It doesn't matter who it is or what they look like. Getting scammed out of money by these guys. is doc, Dr. Phil does like one show a month on this. It's, how do you know? I watch a lot of Dr. Phil. I'll be the first to admit <laughs> the that. that. I didn't know that. Yeah. I get home right in time usually to see him. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that just threw me for a loop. Um, this lady, so how does this work, the whole scam? She meets on Tinder a French entrepreneur of course. named Fred. They match on Tinder. Okay, it goes back and forth for a while. Um, this lady said, you know, single women approaching middle age are so vulnerable. We have money, but we might not have met the right guy yet. And suddenly this good-looking man starts talking to you, and you're excited. Mm-hmm. Said, looking back, the signs are so obvious, but at the time, you want to believe it's real. So as the story goes, the scam is the latest example of pig butchering, a term that refers to a months-long scheme to fatten up victims with fake romance before butchering with fake investment advice. She said her interactions began with Fred were unlike all the other people she had been matched on with Tinder before. He sent her consistent and attentive messages. Of course he did. She had the two of them like to share a special connection because Fred Fred claimed to be a parent of three children just like her. So they had that in common. How are the kids doing? Said it felt like a movie where suddenly everything around me blurred and became distorted. I didn't even try to withdraw my money. I knew at that point it was gone. It says the same thing happened with Sharia Dada, 37-year-old tech executive. Holy smoke, she got scammed again for 450 grand. Jeez, man. According to a report earlier this year from the Department of Justice, investment fraud caused its highest losses of any 2022 scam reported by the public to the FBI's Internet Crimes Complaint Center, totaling $3.31 billion. Oh, yeah. Wow. And again, man, she said she just felt this special connection with this dude who barely made himself visible on their video calls. Said she just took his word when he advised, you know, you should start investing in cryptocurrencies. Okay. Yeah. What? You don't talk to a friend? Nobody? All these guys, well, he was going to come see me. And then he got trapped in the airport in Honduras. And, you know, it's some crazy stories they concoct. Never having ever met them in person. Oh, man. So apparently it starts what? Yeah, I'm this entrepreneur. I'm living in Philly. You know, just transfer $1,000 into this crypto platform. So she earns $168. So then advised to make another investment of six grand, And then her savings spike. 
and that's how you don't just keep fattening it up and then boom you go after the jugular you get the hundred grand and then you're just out the money so what's the message here if someone's newly single and it sounds there, too good to be true, it probably is online. There are a lot of say, lonely, hey. lonely people out there. Oh, dude, you hear about that? Well, d- guys doing it with women too. I mean, it happens all over the place. Yes. Oh, we still got to get she you. She loved me. Yeah. I thought it was for real, man. I it Send that money to that foreign country. All right, the BLM con. We still got to get to that story next. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Martin. David Van Camp out today, back tomorrow. There's Scott Robbins. Saw this. You think about three years ago, right now, what was going on around the country. The so-called summer of love with all the rioting. Jeez. I mean, that's, sometimes that seems like two months ago and other times like 70 years ago. I know exactly you know what I mean? What I mean, I mean yes. It's like you forget. It's three years ago. Wow. And you think about all of the corporations that were lining up to give Black Lives Matter cash. Oh, they all did. Yeah. I remember at the time talking about it, going on air and saying, have you been to the website? They're Marxist. Look at all the things they believe. Yep. And they want to destroy the nuclear family. Turned out not a great investment. And all of the far left LGBTQ plus causes that it was supporting you're like do people know exactly where their money's going no but according to a new poll 51 percent of americans now that actually back them it, it, that's still at 51 percent, which is kind of crazy i somewhat back it not full on but somewhat okay it was 67 percent in 2020 mm-hmm. only 22 percent strongly support it only 8% think it's been highly effective at boosting black people's lives. Well, I would like to know the people who strongly support it. How has it personally helped you? I think it's just the belief. I, you probably I know, but don't like, know exactly how, how, what's happened. Yeah, has it personally helped your communities? What, okay, so I would imagine because we follow these stories, you would know Patrice Cullors, one of the founders, what she did with the cash it was real estate. I know she became a real estate mogul. Yeah. Well, and her family did very well. Yeah. Consulting. Millions of dollars. Yeah. But I don't think legacy media ever covered that. So how would they know? They just think, oh, it's just people looking out for people. Wow. Well, wasn't it Candace Owen who kind of broke the story that kind of went to her house and. Patrice Cullors, yeah, was yeah, in the movie. Patrice Cullors tried to get some comment or reasoning behind what, where the money went. But again, if you don't ever look at any conservative media, how would you know that even happened? And how are there not federal charges? That's a great question. Man. I mean, geez. Yeah. You bilked people out of money. You took they money and did nothing with it. Raked in $90 million yeah, where'd in it donations. It's got to be a tax form you fill out of some kind. Again, man. In all, the group's top execs, family, and friends took home millions. And it's been a couple years ago now since she resigned. And no one really knows who's in control now. And even though the donations are not there anymore, the people inside still get to spend down the remaining windfall. I'm real. This is wild, man. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp off today, back tomorrow. There's Scott Robbins, one of the big stories. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping to ease tensions. I think a lot of people agree we look weak on the world stage right now. No, I think everybody agrees. Yes. It was interesting. Uh, Fox Business host Stuart Varney was on Fox and Friends talking about this, how we looked weak. And then we started talking, or he started talking, about how we rely on China. And I just want to roll this out and then get your gut feeling on this, Scott, right. to see if it matches what I was thinking hearing this or the lot, a lot of people out there that heard this today. Went over there. He was kept waiting until the very last mm-hmm. minute. He got 45 minutes to go. And finally, Xi Jinping says, OK, we'll have a meeting. That's a form of diplomatic bullying. And I'm not sure how America emerges from this. There's another side of the coin here, and that is the economic diplomacy that's being carried out by some American executives. There's a stream of high-level American executives who've been pouring over there to Beijing to represent their companies and their interests. Okay, so you've heard about this. Bill Gates, Elon Musk, different people relying on China. A lot of business, okay? <laughs> this is an area of quiet diplom- diplomacy, economic diplomacy. Not so quiet, but they're trying to work things out. They have to. We have an enormous stake in American business in China, and China has an enormous stake in doing business with the United States, with the two largest economies in the world. Yeah. We've got to get together. But I'm hearing an awful lot of people say, look, China is bullying us. China's spying on us. China's militarily bullying us. We don't want any contact Mm -hmm. with China trade-wise or economic-wise. That's a mistake. Is that possible? That's a mistake. Do you think that's a mistake? Not having any... Say, cut it off. Can we do that? He's saying no. I don't think we can either. I think we're so dependent upon China for so many things... I don't know how you just cut it off. I don't know how. Didn't we figure that out three years ago? Dude, we should have, but we don't. The pharmaceutical industry alone. I understand. I'll, you know what? I'll play out this clip because, as Ainsley is saying, you know, can we? Possible. No, it's not possible. For example, America has just lifted its ban on a drug or a, or a treatment called cisplatin, mm-hmm. and that is a chemotherapy drug which is only available in China. We don't make it. We need it. So we've lifted our ban on it. It's going to come here. Why don't That's we how just start making these are. drugs? Why don't we start because, making the Apple phones here? Or the you can't just do here. it like that. The, the reality of the moment is that we need them as a manufacturing mm-hmm. center. And it's not going to change for a number of years. No, he's right. Okay. I hate that. I hate it. I know. I hate the thinking. I know. Oh, we can't do it. I'm okay, not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm saying, not trying to be cheesy, man. No. Aren't we freaking Americans? Yes. You can do whatever you set your mind to. But once someone's cooking for you and then you have to learn to cook for yourself, it's a whole different thing. It takes a while to ramp it up. But and, we don't make any effort to do it at all. Well, I, I don't think we'd ever, I don't think naively we ever thought we would come to a point where this was going to happen, these loggerheads would happen. But this administration is so weak 
and so damaged that it started in Wuhan. I mean, that you, you know how the chips thing went. You know, Biden was, we got a chip served, whatever he was talking about with chips being made here. I understand. Is that happening? I don't know. Starting. But, you, but we to, learned this a few years ago. You got, Isn't that something we should be working but, forward to? I, no, I, I, I 100% agree with you. And it would seem to me that the drug thing would take care of itself if there's money in it. Yes. That, you know, Merck and some of these other people would, you know, bend over backwards to get it done. Okay. Maybe this is a terrible comparison. Okay. This is the way my brain works. I hear that. And I think to myself, wait a second. I remember when Trump was first running for president and he was talking about bringing the manufacturing jobs back. And people are saying he can't do it. Not possible. Right. He did. Yeah. To a certain extent, anyway. Yeah. More than anybody thought right. he could. No, no, I agree with you there. Yes. Do you remember what Obama was saying at the time? When you had Trump saying, I'm going to bring these jobs back. Obama's like, I can't do it. I saved these clips. Because some of those jobs of the past are just not going to come back. And when somebody says, Yes. Like the person you just mentioned, who I'm not going to advertise for. The Trumpster. That he's going to bring all these jobs back. Well, how exactly are you going to do that? What are you going to do? There's, the, there's no answer to it. He just says, well, I'm going to, I'm going to negotiate a better deal. Well, how, what, how exactly are you going to negotiate that? He just did it. What magic wand do you have? And usually the answer is... Having a pair. He doesn't have an answer. So what I've tried to do, what my administration's tried to do is, let's grow those manufacturing sectors, uh -huh. like clean energy, uh, like uh -huh. you know, some of these new technologies that are coming up. And he goes on from there. Well, But those, a lot of those jobs, all of a sudden, poof, they came back. But you couldn't find anybody on a stage at that time to say, yeah, we could do it. Well, we another, just need to do it. Another thing to consider here is, of course, it's much, much cheaper to import products from China than it is to make them here. I understand. Much cheaper. So is that basically it? We're all addicted to cheap stuff in the end? Yeah, functional cheap stuff. We don't want to pay more. I mean, everybody talks about it. It's got to be made here and you got to do it here. But when it comes to actually paying for it, well, that's another thing. If I can get it cheaper and it's made in China, okay. And companies are like, our bottom line is important to us. Okay. I can have the same thing made in China for half the price it's going to cost me to do it here. And Let's a lot see of that, where we're at in 30 years. No, I, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying that, you know, a lot of this stems from the fact that you've got, you know, you've got uh, rates here that you have to pay employees per hour. It's mandated. You've got all kinds of things. I'm not even saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's the reality. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, and, and I listen, I would love to see more of these drugs manufactured here. I would do more. I mean, much more. Again, because anytime China wants to go, hey, you know what? Screw you. We're not sending you anything anymore. Yeah. I mean, you talk about crashing the economy. Dude, we knew three years ago. Yeah, I know. We could have been making those gains. But, uh, you know, don't you tend to think the powers that be have so much money coming in from China, they don't want it, their deal wrecked? Don't care about the country no, more they than don't. their own. They, no, game. they don't. No. That's just part of it. Totally switching gears. I mentioned Trump. Of course, he's the leading Republican candidate. Ron DeSantis, a distant second right now. Very distant second, too. But you know what a lot of people are saying also, and I think this makes sense. The race hasn't really started yet. No, it hasn't. It hasn't been a debate. A lot of people are not even paying attention yet. 
And I read this piece over the weekend. Is that hot air? Did you hear that Ron DeSantis has this ground game unlike we've seen since Obama's first run? I didn't hear about it, but I don't doubt it. Uh, I was really surprised to read this piece talking about it. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Um, with a combined $200 million in the bank, they announced they would build a ground organization with 2,600 paid staffers engaging every voter in the first four primary states at least four times before ballots got cast and five times in the Iowa caucuses. If Team DeSantis executes it well, uses it properly, people think it could be a game changer. Do you buy it? Scott Robbins. I see I'm going to be squishy here. Perhaps. That it, that the kind of ground game. And, you know, should say part of this conversation. It's got to be a strong back tomorrow game. Because yeah. he is very into the political maneuvers and understands what a ground game can do. I'm like, well, I guess. Yeah, I, you need that. Well, you Unless you're a guy like Trump that goes on TV and just gets attention like that. What is DeSantis' big problem right now? Why doesn't he have more traction? Well, it's because of Trump, isn't I, it? Absolutely, yeah. So is a ground game going to help that part? I, I don't know. It can't hurt, I suppose. I mean, we'll see what happens. Because the runners the are going to be real mucky by the time you get to the to the primaries as to whether or not whatever happens to Trump legally. Every time Trump gets indicted, people it makes people want to vote for him all the more Which, because course, they know he's getting hosed. Makes you yes. wonder who's doing all this, right? Yeah, and sure. for what reason. Yeah. Yes. I just keep coming back to the same thing in my mind. Can he win in the end? Is he going to get suburban women back? By all indications and polling, that answer is no right now. Maybe it's mm -hmm. possible, but it's, I would say it's pretty hard to see that right now. We'll see. Um, somebody sent you a dad joke. So that a late one for Father's Day? Oh, gosh. I'm trying to remember what it was now. Now you're going to Did you see the here. whole, I forget who it was that did the greatest 10 dad jokes of all time? I did not see that, no. Yeah, some people would say they're cringy. Um, I think this was over maybe in Wales. They said, you know, here's the 10 greatest dad jokes of all time. And I just want to see how long it takes okay. before you actually laugh at one. All right. All right. You want to do this? Yeah, let's go. All right. Graveyard looks crowded. People must be dying to get in. That didn't make you laugh. Mm -hmm. um, hey, can you put my shoes on? He said, no, I don't think they'll fit me. Nothing yet. I used to hate facial hair, but then it grew on me. Oh, we got you. It got you. So I saw it. <laughs> See? Only three in. You're, you're cracked. I love the dumb dad jokes. I'm a fan. It grew on me. Okay. You know, a couple you could put in the repertoire if you want. No. If you're backing up somewhere in the car. Yeah. You say, oh, this takes me back. See, that's... You would use that. Yeah, maybe. I only know 25 letters of the alphabet. I don't know why. See, that made you laugh. <laughs> See, that's not it's hard so at all, dumb, is it? Man. No, it's not. I love that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> okay. We might get to another one or two before oh, it's all I over. I think we should. Last day in camp ever takes off. Yeah, we did dad jokes for an hour. Uh, oh, the monkey pox are. You got to hear this piece of audio. Straight ahead right here. All right.
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp out today, back tomorrow. There's Scott Robbins. So, Legacy Media is now reporting on the Biden bribery scheme. No. Really? No, no they're not. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> Jake, I really honestly <laughs> thought you were going to bring something here. I thought, yeah, didn't you see that on 60 Minutes? Like, no. No. No, they're not reporting on it yet. Can't ignore it. It's not going away. Doesn't seem to be. There's enough, uh, there's enough uh, fire there to make it last a while, I would think. Well, there's phone calls. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to be able to ignore this forever. I don't think this one's going away. I really don't. Wouldn't it be some of the two leading contenders, the Democrat and Republican Party, both end up in jail <laughs> before the election? I suppose it's possible. Anything's possible right Anything's now. Anything's possible. But, just, but this is the day and age, man. I mean, you know what I fear the most? What? I fear the most that anybody has any sort of past whatsoever from when they were in college or high school or through their adulthood or whatever. Mm-hmm is now never going to run for president because they don't need that. Oh, I'm sure a lot of people I mean, have decided that so the most that qualified people that could run this country the best yes. will never, ever have their hand up. Not because they don't want to, but because they can't. Because they know that's going to wreck their lives if this happens. Yeah, or do you want to put your family through that? Do that I really want to do this? No, I don't want to do this. No. I mean, and the Washington really... Post had a hit piece on Casey DeSantis. Casey DeSantis. That her marriage is too private. Right. What? It's the weirdest. Yeah, I mean. It is really a but it's like you, strange you, thing. Things you put family through. Golly. Yeah, it's something. And we end up with mediocrity because of it. Well, it's, it's below mediocrity. Yeah. When you're talking about Biden and Kamala. Jeez. Oh, oh, buddy. By the way, I mentioned this earlier. I, <laughs> it's a year ago now. Monkeypox was a big story. And I forgot that California actually declared a state of emergency because of monkeypox. I don't think I ever knew that. or I forgot it. Yes. And the White House decided to appoint a monkeypox czar. And that czar was actually on MSNBC over the weekend. Still czarin? Yes. Okay. The story was at Red State. And, okay, so... <laughs> As I'm reading this, it's talking about the czar, Dmitry Deskalikas. We'll just go with yeah, Dmitry from there. It, yeah. The doctor, you know. But a checkered history. Served as the deputy commissioner of New York's Division of Disease Control. A terrible COVID response there. It's catastrophic. But then that person then <laughs> earned the job in the White House overseeing the response to monkeypox. So... Boy, this guy's got a past. He speaks at kink conventions. Kink conventions? Wow. Yes. Goes on stage, escorted by two naked dudes while he is in bondage gear. Like one of those guys. That's a showstopper. Well, it says in the piece, very on brand for the current White House. (laughs) I was just going to say, yeah. So what he's trying to do in this piece on MSNBC is destigmatize gay orgies. Instead of promoting public health, saying, well, hey, yeah. just it, this is a good time for people, okay? Like, lay off. 
It's still risky. But that's how it's passed. Yes. What, what are we talking about here? Well, listen and see if you can make sense of this. This is the monkeypox czar right here. I, I work in HIV normally, and I'll tell you that, you know, I, I always say that I've never made an HIV diagnosis in someone that hasn't somehow related to stigma. I think mpox is the same. So really, um, M, uh, stigma tends to be a barrier to testing, a barrier to vaccination. And so, you know, really addressing stigma. Stigma's a bad thing. That's that's what we got to address, not stay, not say, hey, listen, that's risky behavior. When you, to coin a phrase from Van Camp, jump in the pile. Yeah. Yes. But what? Is it stigmatizing to cigarettes if I say they might kill you if you smoke them? <laughs> yes. So if you enjoy Absolutely. it, smoke them. Yeah, because you feel like a dirty smoker, and then you want to smoke all the more, right? Is that what it is? He goes on. Intentionally, and making sure that we get the word out in a way that supports people's joy, as opposed to, you know, calling them risky. So I think, you know, one of the things to think about is that, you know, one person's idea of risk is another person's idea of a great festival or Friday night, for that matter. So we have to sort of embrace that with joy and make sure that folks know how to keep themselves safe. Hey, shooting up heroin, it brings some people joy. Right. Lay off the heroin users. But the risky behavior is the reason you have a problem. <laughs> you dope. What is wrong with you? We're back to smoking. Someone you love yeah. and care about. Hey, man, really want you, I want you to live longer. I want you to quit smoking. Do you understand that I enjoy it? Yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> it's not the point. Right. Are you kidding me? Yeah, drunks enjoy booze. I get it. <laughs> oh, this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, without David, I'm asking you, Scott, biggest story of the day. Oh, gosh, when you start looking at the stories and peeling it back, I would imagine uh, Blinken to China. Um, And, you know, I mean, there's some high-stakes stuff going on there that really I don't think anything was accomplished. So, which is, again, indicative of this administration. No, it's to what? Just ease the tensions. Right. Okay. We're being bullied by China at every turn. Mm -hmm. So by you going over with the bended knee... We just want to be friends and, and it, this us act like grown-ups. You think that's going to be effective? Right. China's going to take what they want as long as you allow them to do it. And you are. Absolutely. And no mention of COVID. All right, so we'll get to a news update. And then you got your big three. The Scott Robbins trifecta. Straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley. David Van Camp out today, back tomorrow. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, we talked about... Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping. Don't know much, if anything, was accomplished, but trying to ease tensions. I like the way they made him sit in the green room for 45 minutes. Yeah, that's something, isn't it? Waiting to see whether or not Xi Jinping was even going to show up. Well, and he's there for days. Was he going to get to meet with him or not? And then last minute, yeah, he'll see him. Yeah, he he can can work it in. Go, Go ahead. You got 10 minutes. Go. Go right ahead to get that going on. Still no legacy media yet on the Biden bribery scandal. Do you think there's what, more at details what coming point, out? At what point will it be so overwhelming that they can no longer ignore it? Will there ever be a point? Will it be when they finally their charges are filed? Was that when they, they make something up about this? I don't know. Maybe during one of the hearings you actually hear the phone calls. I mean, you would think. Maybe at that point is when yeah. they have to cover it. I don't know. I can't believe it. It's st- stunningly unbelievable. And, you know, we've been conditioned 
to know that legacy media won't pay attention to a lot of stories when it's not the narrative they want. Right. But this is, I, at least for me, another level. I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but still, I am a little bit. Yes. You know, today it's the Juneteenth celebration. I think a lot of liberal outlets were highlighting Corinne Jean-Pierre because, well, not only is it Juneteenth, it's also Pride Month. Really? Yeah. When did that happen? June 1st. This month is Pride Month. Yeah. Whole month? Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hadn't heard a thing. Corinne Jean-Pierre broke, well, some glass ceilings, you know. Openly gay, black, female. Yes. White House press secretary. Yes. So you know all of that. Um, Scott, she's a historic figure. Do you know how I know that? Says who? Says who? Yeah, says who? Um, says Green Jean-Pierre. Self-described, you say? Yes. All right. I think that's what I got out of this oh clip. She's God. doing an interview. Can we roll that, please? Um, Go ahead. A year in this role, there's been a couple of things that I that I that has made me incredibly proud. Many things, many things have made me incredibly proud to be at that podium uh, during this historic moment. Again, this is a historic administration. I'm a historic figure, and I certainly walk in history every day. But this is also a historic making administration because of this president. <laughs> Man. So if I could describe the look on Robin's face, it's uh, one of disgust as he shakes his head back and forth. Like, what? Who says that? Man? I'm a historic figure. Well, yeah. That almost was very Mamala-esque as to how many times you could slip the word historic in there. Very much so, yes. Very Mamala. I didn't, I didn't know this. Of course, I don't read too much about her. That she will often tell left-wing reporters that she has the hardest job in the White House? Really? Well, when I, it gets too hard, they send Kelly out there. That's true, yeah. Now, I don't, I don't want to answer those questions today. Who's going out? You send John Kelly out. That'll be fine. Well, I guess when you're the spokesperson for this addled old man we have running the country right now. That's not easy. It's got to be a tough gig. I mean, but she's not good at it either. Dude. Listen, not just trying to pick on somebody. No, Has know. there ever been anybody this bad ever? Doing that job? Yes. Has there ever been anybody this bad? Yes. Did There's, you think of one? Uh, trying to go back in time. You now. followed politics a lot longer I, than I, me. I, I mean, over 20 years. No. I recall most of them being pretty good. Like, you may have hated them because you yeah. knew they were lying, that sort of thing. Even Little Lionhood, she was good at it. Agreed. I mean, she lied like crazy. Yes, but of course. she had a firm grasp of what it is she was going to say and do. Well, and like Sean Spicer would get too excited yeah. and like yell. Yeah. In history, okay? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but she is a fumbling, bumbling mess. A disaster. So I don't know, man. And going to the book all the time. Oh, you're just reading something yeah, right out of the prepared statement. Yeah, it's... And if she goes off scripts, it's a disaster. Yeah. I don't know, but, but she is historic. You can't take historic. that from her. The legend in her own mind. Yes, yes indeed. Just ask her. She'll yep. tell you. All right, you ready for your big three? Let's roll. Let's do it. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Hey, Dave, this guy. Scott Robbins trifecta. Helped by his hero. I'm Casey Casey. Hey, buddy. 
you have a good weekend? I'm ready. Okay. I tried three. calling him. Wish him happy Father's Day. Never picked up. All right. Three. Okay. What is number three? Uh, number three today is, I know Major League Baseball hates me. You get, you've reminded me of that, and David, many, many times. David more than me. And a multitude of people that listen to this show have also reminded me that baseball hates me. Yes. However, being a baseball fan, I just have a hard time giving it up. Battered fan syndrome. Now, here's a team I can get behind, though. The Texas Rangers. Okay. Quite literally, right now, the Lone Rangers. While other Major League Baseball teams are draping their stadiums in rainbow flags, the Rangers stick with the old one-star Texas banner. Only team in baseball that doesn't host a Pride Night. Texas Rangers. Only team in baseball. Wow, I That did does not, not do that. that. It started with the Chicago Cubs, I hate to say, because I'm a big Cub fan, back in 01. That's where the whole thing started. And since then, 28 other teams have followed suit. The one team not doing it, Texas Rangers. You wonder how much pressure there's going to be going forward. And they're not bending the knee, man. They're just like, no, we don't do that. Yeah. Now, on with the countdown. Scott Robbins yeah. trying to pack the top three stories of the day up to number two. Anheuser-Busch trying once again to win back customers who have abandoned Bud Light. The CEO, Brendan Whitworth, announced last week that he's going to be doing a listening tour this summer. He's going to travel around the country and listen to customers about Bud Light and their dissatisfaction or satisfaction with the product. Well, you don't understand the message? You just want to talk to people? We recognize that over the last two months, the discussions surrounding our company and Bud Light have moved away from beer. And this has impacted our customers, our business partners, and our employees. We are a <laughs> beer company, and beer is for everyone. First, we're investing in the protected jobs of the frontline employees, blah, blah, blah. Our summer advertising launches next week. And I look forward to Bud Light reinforcing what you've always loved about our brand. It's easy to drink, easy to enjoy. As we move forward, we will focus on what we do best, brewing great beer and earning our place in the moments that matter to you. I got something you might want to try. What? How about saying, I'm sorry, we screwed up? They won't do it. Just say, hey, look, we overshot the runway on this one, right? <laughs> I mean, we, we thought it was going to be a good deal, and it did turn out it was a terrible deal, and we're sorry, and we're going to do our best to make it up to you moving forward. And that would be a divisive brand. Or at least speak to you, the customer, who actually drinks the product. Yes. That wishy-washy all, all stuff of this doesn't garbage, work. All, right, exactly. It just doesn't. All of a this corporate tour. speaky garbage. But they won't apologize because they think the hit from apologizing is going to be worse than what's already happened. Yeah. But that's what people want to hear. And the people that came up with the idea are fired. That's what we want to hear. They're no longer working here. This was a huge mistake. It was a bumbling mistake. Yes. And we want to bring this thing back around again. We welcome you back into the fold, admitting we screwed up. Won't do it because then the ESG score goes down. Unreal. I know. It really is. Shareholders are obviously not happy with what's going on with the current stock price. Um, no. And yeah. the countdown continues. Yes, the Scott Robbins trifecta. Top three stories of the day from Scott up to number one. Wow. Uh, it is amazing and not in a good way. Woman like Dr. Jennifer Lincoln, who knows how babies are made. She went to school for it. Okay. Claims there is no, no consent given when an adult woman chooses to take part in the sex act that can create a baby. What? Consent sex is not consent to pregnancy. I know you people want it to be that way because you want us to exist solely to make babies and stay home and raise them. But that's not how it works. Where's this from? <laughs> 
What is this? <laughs> this is an article that I read from somebody named Sam that was in Twitchy, on Twitchy this morning. Okay. This Dr. Lincoln, OBGYN, consent to sex is not consent to pregnancy. Got it? Yes. What's the point? <laughs> the point is, I suppose, that this is a very pro-choice type statement to make, okay. although it's ridiculous. Consent to swimming is not a consent to get wet. What, what is going on? They didn't say that. No, I said that. Okay, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, I said that. All right, so what is what is the point she's trying to make? Because I'm totally, well, I'm not if you have it. sex, unprote- if you have unprotected sex with someone, yes, and you get pregnant, yeah. you didn't give consent for him to impregnate you. It doesn't make any sense, no. You understand the risk involved, right? <laughs> well. You could get pregnant. I didn't consent to get the pregnancy. So what is she saying? That it's the guy's fault? I, I think I don't think she's saying it's anyone's fault. I'm saying she just thinks that then I should be able to right, get rid of the right. game. So consent to eating four thousand calories per day is not consent to obesity. Got it? I didn't ask to be fat while I was eating Snickers bars by the pound. Consent Where are to smoking we? is not a consent to lung cancer. Just because I smoked doesn't mean I should get lung cancer. Dude. Ten beers is not getting drunk. I have no consent. I didn't have. Any, I I did not consent to being drunk after I had my fifteen beers. No. Okay. This honestly reminds me of the story we just had a little bit earlier, with the monkeypox czar saying, "Hey, forget about any sort of risky behavior." Okay, right. this is something that people enjoy as far as sex with multiple people and possibly getting some disease. You know? Intentionally and making sure that we get the word out in a way that supports people's joy as opposed to, you know, calling them risky. So I think, you know, one of the things to think about is that, you know, one person's idea of risk is another person's idea of a great festival or Friday night right. for that matter. So we have to sort of embrace that with joy and make sure that folks know how to keep themselves safe. You risk getting a disease if you get in the pile with a bunch of people. So. If, if you have unprotected sex, you could get pregnant. If you're going to have unprotected sex, you have to first, I guess, consent to pregnancy if your act leads to a pregnancy. Wow. And there you have it. Now I'm waiting for the casinos. Consent to gamble is not a consent for me to lose money. I want my money back. <laughs> Man, that is really something. Right? I've never heard anything quite like that before. Right. Jennifer Lincoln, OBG. Y-N. All right. The Scott Robbins trifecta. Well done. I, too, am a father. So, yeah, I... <laughs> yes, Casey, I know. Yes. <laughs> uh, happy belated uh, Father's Day to you. <laughs> Man. Wow. Thank you. You're, You're welcome. welcome. <laughs> All right. News update at Nimrod's in the news. Straight ahead. Goodbye. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, out today, back tomorrow. There's Scott Robbins. Just saw Fox's reporting that New York DA Alvin Bragg is being sued. Good. For failing to release the Trump prosecution records. So this think tank filed a lawsuit suspecting Bragg coordinated with the Department of Justice, the White House, and a Democratic lawyer. Very interesting. Hmm. Two different lawsuits. Failure to comply with the State Freedom of Information Act. Because it was March, Bragg indicted Trump on 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in the first degree.
after the months-long investigation into the former president related to hush money payments made during his 2016 presidential campaign. That was the whole Stormy Daniels thing. Hmm. So they're going after Alvin Bragg. Man, so many different laws. It's hard to keep track of all of Well, it is. But I'm not sad to see that. Because pretty much everyone agreed, though, there's nothing. No, he's a bad there. guy. Very much so. And also saw this at Fox. Kevin Costner leaves Yellowstone. No, really? Yes, fans Dang. distraught with latest announcement. Oh, man. Yellowstone is ending after the second half of season five. Second? What do you mean? So they're only going to do half as many shows and then cancel the whole thing? Ha- I think season five is halfway done right now. So after okay. the second half of the season, it says it's done. Uh, this is from the Fox story. It says Kevin Costner is breaking the hearts of Yellowstone fans everywhere. He's 68. He made the announcement in a recent Instagram post. I hadn't heard that. I neither. Oh, no. Noting that he's looking forward to making new music soon. New music? That's what it says. What? But made no mention of the hit show. Shared a photo of himself on stage holding a guitar, writing, We're coming up on the third anniversary of our hashtag Tales from Yellowstone album. The band and I had so much fun making and playing this project for you guys. Oh, no. And then it continued. I'm in movie mode right now, but look forward to getting the band back together for more music soon. Yep. Uh, I have memories of Don Johnson right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Top 40, you played that. He had a hit. Was it Heartbeat? Yes. Yes. Don Johnson from Miami Vice. Tom Petty was on that record, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's a bummer, man. Enjoy that show. It is. It's too bad. Um, Although I guess all good things come to an end, but... So they'll have to kill him off. I'm sure they'll spin the show then. I don't know. It said it would that would end Yellowstone. Huh. Wow. Rip's got to get a show, man. Rip needs to beat the hell out of some people. Then if this Absolutely. is the last season, I can't have Rip being all gooey and lovey. <laughs> <laughs> Save that audio. All right, we got to get to Nimrods. Roll it out. Here we go. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the news. We start in Tulsa. guy named Isaiah Jones. Well, he worked at a gas station. Worked. I don't think he's there anymore. Um... It was, what, two weeks ago today, he texted a friend, Aliyah Locke, said, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you rob this place so I can get out of here early? I don't want to work the whole shift. This is, I don't need you to do it. You don't have to do it yourself. Get a friend to do it. So she uh, called a friend, a friend named Steven. He showed up with a note and said, give me all your money or I'll shoot you. So Stephen left with a bunch of cash, but cops tracked him down and arrested him three days later. Then he ratted out Isaiah and Aaliyah. So they've all been arrested now. They're all facing charges. Gosh, dang. Yeah. And then see if you can follow this one. Um, 42-year-old guy, Gerald Hopkins, walks into a Schnucks grocery store in St. Louis, threatened the manager with a staple gun, and stole a small bag of dog food. He's leaving... He's like, hey, I got a gun. And the manager's like, you can't take the dog food. It was all wrapped up. It looked like a gun, so they let him go. But then he's caught, you know, five minutes later. And that's Nimrod's in the news.